Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Peely, and we are here with Steve Liebman and Travis Cotter. Hey, guys. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So happy to have you on our podcast. Um, So I guess just to start us off, um, who are you? (laughs) Isn't that the eternal question? Yes. Big (laughs) question. Uh, So uh, I'll give you a little bit of background on myself. So Steve Lipman um, went to Boston University, graduated in 2004, came out, uh, did the corporate thing for a little while, commuting in and out of New York. And uh, then I started working for a REO agency, listing and selling uh, bank-owned properties during the crash. Uh, Did that for about five years and uh, always kind of knew that I wanted to get into real estate investing and uh, decided that after making a lot of other investors a lot of money and (laughs) learning from them that, hey, I could do this. And uh, met Travis probably five years after I started thinking about that. And we sat down and started writing some business plans and, you know, deciding that, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get into this real estate game that uh, everybody speaks so highly of. And we did. So, you know, we've been in business now for uh, six years. We're in central Jersey market and the, uh, you know, we went through the recession. We went through Hurricane Sandy. So we've seen the ups and downs of, uh, of all the markets where, you know, we're on the Jersey shore. So we're in Brick and Tom's River, which were the two hardest hit areas uh, after Sandy. So, you know, we started a business and then Hurricane Sandy basically stole it. And then we figured out how to get through it. And, uh, and here we are. So, I mean, we're six years in and we feel like we're just starting. And uh, we're still learning a bunch. And, you know, so Integrity Holdings Group is the name of our company. And we're uh, on track to probably do 30 or 40 flips this year and probably 100 transactions, maybe more now that our acquisitions manager is killing it. So, wow. So that's awesome. a little bit of who we are. Travis How about you, Travis? Game. How'd you get into this game? Well, Travis Cotter uh, went to the school of hard knocks. Um, <laughs> I actually started out in construction, um, underground utilities. Um, from there, I watched the developer that actually owned the land that we were working for drive around in this nice Mercedes. Uh And from there on out, I just said, I want to be that guy. Um, so, um, started on the journey of trying to figure out what sector of real estate I wanted to be in. Um, this was the easiest one to get into with no money, uh, figuring out how to wholesale deals and then save up enough money to be able to do our own flips. So, uh, met with Steve and we figured out a game plan and we went after it. Nice. You can't be the, you can't be that guy driving around his Mercedes if you're swinging the hammer. (laughs) 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 Talked about basically, uh, I'd be curious. So you've started with this business plan. How has your business plan evolved from that initial plan when you started saying we're going to do X, Y, Z just today? I mean, have you just basically tossed it in the fire? Or you go back to it and look at it and say, okay, still tweaking it? Or what, what do you take away from that initial start there? Yeah, good question. So it's completely different, right, Trav? I mean, 100%. So it's when we, six times from yeah. when we started it. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we, sit, we sat down after work every night and would sit down and say, all right, what do we need to do? We had no cash at the time. So it was, 
how do we get some money to do our first flip? And we were like, oh, I guess we can do this thing called wholesaling. And we listened to some people that were doing a couple wholesales and, uh, and we did. So when we started our business, we did one wholesale. And I don't know, after we've probably ended up doing over 200 at this point. Nice. But the, uh, you know, the first few were, were really tough. We were finding deals on MLS because I had a real estate agent um, access through the MLS. So we were making a bunch of offers and we found a deal and got it under contract. And then we were like, we didn't have a buyer's list. So how do I find a buyer? And, you know, we really struggled through the first deal, but we did it. Uh, we closed it. It was, I still remember the address. It was $16,000 wholesale fee that we made. And, uh, <laughs> and we were like, Hey, this, this works. And, um, so that business plan till now has evolved drastically because the plan was to wholesale a bunch of deals. And then after we wholesaled a bunch of deals, we flipped one house. And after we flipped one house, we said, well, the margins are better here. Let's see how many more houses we could flip. But it's cash intensive business, right? So it's, um, it's hard to do volume. So we were kind of doing a hybrid model of we'll, we'll wholesale some deals and we'll see how many deals we could flip. We flipped one deal and then the next year we probably flipped two. And then the third year we maybe did four. And uh, that brings us to today. So now the business plan is personnel and systems and, you know, just very different because, like I said, we, we first started by building ourselves a job, not a, not a company. Yeah. And now it's more on, okay, so how do you replicate the systems that we have in place? How do you replicate the personnel that you have in place? And uh, how do you expand so that you can get to that next level, you know, for whatever it it wants to be. So, you know, we started and we were like, let's wholesale and flip. And now it's, let's flip and take that capital and get into to larger multifamily long-term holds. Nice. Yeah. And what I, I think is incredible there is that there, there's a point of emphasis here is that a lot of people will set themselves up blockers, like th th just reasons why they can't get started. Like there's some people's reasons, maybe, well, we need to have to create this business plan. And your point was that yeah. you guys had a direction and the direction was we, we have a business plan. We're going to go out there and wholesale. And that wholesale was, so even the end run, you didn't have a buyer's list, but if you, you didn't set yourself up reasons you couldn't do it. And that, that's an important part for people to take away is that, getting started, it, that's, that's your reason to go after it. And you get started. Okay. It's okay. Not to know you're always not going to know something. Mm -hmm. And so for that, yeah. uh, it's just, this has always been a learning experience. So for people out there, what, what is it that really just allowed you to break out just from that first part of not knowing anything, just saying, okay, we're going to take a step. What, what was that mental block? Yeah. I mean, you really do have to just take massive action, right? You just have to say, let's, let's, you know, I love the expression, burn the boats. <clears throat> like we both quit six figure jobs to go make an undetermined amount of money, you know, and I was married and I had a house and, uh, you know, now I have two kids and it was, uh, it was like, well, there's a lot of responsibility that we still have, but do we, do we want, to work for somebody else and for somebody else's dream for the rest of our lives, or do we want to go after our own? And, uh, you know, I think we both kind of knew once we sat down and talked to each other, like, Hey, this is a partnership that's going to work. And we, we both have the, the work ethic to do it. So literally let's, let's burn the boats and <laughs> let's go after it. And, uh, and we did, we, we didn't, there wasn't a contingency plan. You know, there was never a, another option once we decided to quit our jobs and, you know, go full time with this. I love yeah. that. I love that. I'm going back to like our first conversation. Um, I remember my mind was just blown because I just realized that like 
if it, when people listen to this podcast, they can follow your timeline. There, there are tons of people are where you are or where you have been. I want to be where you are. So how did you get there? How did you take that mind shift and go from one flip to two flip to three flip to a couple of wholesales to now you're doing how many, Travis? Uh, wholesale or flips? Both. Well, we want to do a hundred transactions this year, uh, right Ooh. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so about so how did flips. you get there? Um, uh, permission, basically. The first step was giving ourselves permission to do that, um, and that was based on having mentors in our life to, that believed in us more than we believed in ourselves. Um, so, getting those mentors in our life really first gave us a permission and then also gave us the education to be able to do what we're on track to do this year. Nice. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. So as you're building this up, you know, it, it, I'm sure it started as the two of you What would have been the pieces you've put in place to just go from your job to now, now building a company. So I, I think the wall that we hit was on our third flip that we had going at the same time. Um, I remember the phone call Trav called up and he said, Hey, if we're going to scale this thing, we got to figure out a different, a different way. Cause I was at home Depot six times today. And you know, I just don't, I, I can't run around and manage this many projects and still be effective in finding deals. And you know, it's, uh, and I said, well, you know, how, how do you think we can do that? You know, so we listened to some, some podcasts. We listened to some guys that said it could be done. And we said, all right, you know, we, we inadvertently built a construction company um, because we thought it would be faster and cheaper. Um, it wasn't. So we changed our model and we said, well, if we're going to scale, and this is the number of transactions that we want to do, we need to figure out a different way to do it. And um, literally in the last four or five months, we went from the ability to do probably five or six uh, flips in a year and maybe, I don't know, 20 wholesales to what we're doing now. And that was just systems and processes. And, you know, we didn't, you don't know what you don't know. And when you start talking to these mentors that are telling you, yeah, no, I could do a hundred, hundred, 200 transactions in a year. You're like, yeah, but how, you know, and you just don't realize, you know, you, you can't see the forest through the trees. You don't realize that, you know, one acquisition manager can, take away half of your day, half of your week. And now they're going out and buying a bunch of deals that you can either flip or wholesale out, or, you know, you get to kind of choose what you want to do with them. So, you know, permission was great to get started, but getting out of our own way and realizing that, you know, even though as business owners, you want to think that you're kind of the, the pinnacle that the business will go forward. Um, sometimes you have to realize that you're in the way you know, and doing acquisitions and dispositions myself, I was in the way. There's only so many deals I could do. So having that trust and saying, I'm going to put somebody else into this position just expands your ability to, uh, to grow. So the last couple of months has been huge because we've put in more systems and more practices and more personnel into place that we, uh, you know, recently learned about and all of a sudden it's exploding. Right. I mean, we, We'll do, I don't know, we have 12 or 13 deals that will be done this month, you know, wow. and so I just got a text message while we're sitting here saying, oh, I bought that other property that we went to go see, and, you know, so it's like, 
I love being able to sit here and talk to you guys and knowing that our team is, is out there buying deals. Still exactly. working. Still yeah. working. The machine's still going. Let's, get, let's uh, talk a little bit about the numbers. So you're doing 100 deals split over your flips and your wholesale. What's, what's your acquisition? Like, what kind of criteria are you really focusing on? Like, what kind of returns are you trying to focus on? Like, what kind of style rehabs are, are, we, are we? What kind of duration of rehabs or, or wholesales? Like, what, what, kind of, what kind of price points are you trying to really get out there so it can help you scale your best? Because uh, I'm sure you can break up how many you're able to do based on, of course, the time you're into it, maybe um, you're also, you're having more competition out there for paint and carpet than you may have for, for adding square footage. So, so what's your business model? How do you guys like to target and what's been the most successful for you? Yeah. So we, uh, we like to stay in the first time home buyer, second, you know, move up buyer range. So um, we find that there's a lot of, uh, it's a lot easier to retail a property out if you're in the the you know first time home buyer two hundred three hundred thousand dollar retail range, um, you know, and everybody's area is different. But high end flips uh, on the shore are typically waterfront areas. We tend to stay away from those because uh, Hurricane Sandy still is wreaking havoc on insurance prices, and I'm not going to have to raise my house or you know. So there's there's some issues there. So we tend to stay out of flood zones, which typically are the higher uh, price points. We like to do some uh, some adult communities as well. $110,000 acquisition, $40,000 rehab, $220,000 exit, and it's just replicable. It's a two-bed, two-bath. It's on a slab. It's roof windows, paint carpet. Um, you know, we have a skew sheet of every single property is is the same. You know, so we do the same cabinets match with the same granite, match with the same appliance package, same floors, same paint colors in the kitchen, same paint colors in the bathroom, and we just replicate that over and over again. Um, we used to want to go out and pick, you know, handles and uh-huh. you know, cabinet colors and all that stuff. And then you realize that you can't do that for every single project if you want to do 50. That's the honeymoon phase. But you got to be at that point. You got to let, you know, again, you, you don't know what you don't know, right? So for right. That, you got in there and you figured, I'm sure at one point saying, well, this isn't making us any more money. You know, just, uh, on this, you know, I, I put uh, this knob on here. Well, I sure didn't get a return from that. So. <laughs> no. And it took you two hours to pick it out. Exactly. So. <laughs> you, know, you guys go back two and forth colors. So. You know, so we have a skew sheet that basically lays out every piece of material that's in every single one of our projects. And, you know, it, it does vary a little bit, but there's an A way, a B way, and a C way. Yeah. Um, but our business model for wholesales is, you know, we know what the market bears just based on our knowledge of it. So if we can make a $10,000 wholesale fee on every deal, great. We've made up to 50. We've made down to a thousand, you know, I mean, it, it really varies because some money's better than no money. Um, True. So, you know, our, our wholesale fees, they, they vary a bit, but we know our investors and what they're looking for. And we, because we invest ourselves, we know what, what a real number looks like, right? There's uh, I think sometimes a bad stigma associated with wholesalers because they come to you and they say, Oh, it needs paint and carpet. And it's a tear down. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, so we have a reasonable, um, view of the world in terms of what stuff costs. So when we send it out to our investors, we know that our wholesale business only survives if they're making money. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's actually a great point. Maybe you could talk to that a little bit. Is that people who may be looking to get into wholesaling? Is just how important it is to be to be truthful with your numbers because you're also looking to create repeat buyers. You don't need to have a buyer list of ten thousand people out there. Yeah, a couple of buyers, but you, you also have to break down what actually is going to happen in the property, just like you said. So, yeah, I think that that really helps your reputation in the market when you can understand exactly what it looks like to 
actually flip a house, even though you haven't yet. So even, even though there's, there's guys out there that haven't flipped houses, really educate yourself on what hard costs and soft costs are in a deal. Because if you can lay out a deal to another investor that you haven't done business with yet, and you have that clear, concise layout of what it's going to cost to do the deal, you just built a reputation for yourself that you're educated, you know what numbers look like, you're going to bring good deals um, to the table for these investors, um, and you're just going to have so much more clout for yourself um, in the future. Because if there's an investor coming to the table to buy a house, and you're, you know, you're saying that it needs roof windows, siding, um, and a full gut inside, and you're putting a number of fifty thousand dollars to that, you're you're dreaming. And yeah. <laughs> somebody that has done that before can see right through that, and they're going to look at the deal and they're going to pass right over it. Sure. So if you really want to sell deals, you really have to get get real with your numbers and know what goes into a deal. It's not just repairs. There's um, there's real estate commissions. There's closing costs. You know, there's carrying costs. There's utility costs. Um, I, I go, you know, there's permit costs. I mean, it all depends on how you're doing the deal and how that other investor structures it. But you know, you need to be educated on that to to be able to to have a good reputation within the business. I think there's a word for that. I think it's called integrity. There it is. Integrity <laughs> <laughs> property. <laughs> yeah, it does give you so much more credibility. And when people come to you, they know that you're bringing them real numbers and real deals. And, you know, if we're successful at wholesaling, it means because we're making somebody else a lot of money. Yes. You know, and nice. we, we want them to be able to say, hey, these guys, they're, you, if you need deals, that's, that's where you go get them. And, and you have a double closing or assignment. Is there a, maybe you could explain to the listeners both ways and, and which if. You yeah. So we, we do both. Um, and, and it really depends on the relationship with the investor. Um, so, you know, if you're looking, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know what a wholesale transaction looks like. Probably it's an A to B and a B to C. So I'm going to buy it. I'm the B buyer. So A is the seller. B is me. C is who I sell it to. So the A to B transaction is, let's say, 100 grand, and then I can wholesale it out for 120,000. That's the B to C transaction. So there's two ways to close those assignment or double close. If you write your contract properly, you should be able to assign every contract. Um, make sure that it's in there because I think section 14 of the New Jersey contract says no assignments. So you do have to put that into your additional contractual provisions and say, yes, we can assign this property. If you can, then you assign it and you write a one page assignment uh, kind of form and say, I'm going to assign you the rights to this contract for 20 grand. Now, if I don't have a relationship with that investor and uh, this is all learning the hard way, right? And I just told this story today to another guy. Um, you get to the closing table, he looks at the HUD and he says, you're making 20 grand on this deal. Yeah. And then he says, well, I'm not going to close unless you take 10. Well, it's a little late in the game to go find another buyer, right? So sometimes you learn that lesson the hard way and it costs you 10 grand and it did for us. Um, we didn't have a relationship with the guy. We, we said, who cares what we're making? You, you agreed to the price. And you know, he, uh, he, he kind of came back to us and said, well, I'm not going to do it. So we, we reduced the, the wholesale fee to what he deemed appropriate. And so if you have a relationship with an investor and they really don't care how much you make, I mean, we've assigned contracts for $50,000 and they didn't care what we were making because they were getting a great deal. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, if you have some trepidation about whether or not 
your buyer is going to hold your feet to the fire on what you're allowed to make, then you double close it. You, you can use transactional funding or your own funding for that. Um, there's companies out there that'll basically lend you money for six hours and you close in the morning and the buyer closes at night. And you know, you, you basically have a few more costs associated with double closing. But if your if your fee is big enough to where you're concerned about a buyer counting your money, more than likely you'll be able to pay those fees and not have a problem with it. So we'll do both depending on the relationship that we have with the investor. Maybe you could help with some of the. Uh, yes, it is. Thanks. The uh, the transactional fees uh, for a short term loan like that. Maybe you could break out. You know, just what what maybe could be asked or expected. Like you may not be paying your full three points and. 12% or whatever your terms are there, but what may you see from a transactional lender for that time period? Yeah, we've seen a vary from one and a half to 3% basically of the total amount loaned. So if you're buying it for a hundred grand, it could cost you anywhere between 1500 and, you know, $3,000. Um, they don't really charge you a percentage rate. It's just points basically. Um, you know, so if you find a good title company that can help you structure those deals, you know, sometimes people don't understand how those work and, uh, you know, you, you have to find an experienced title agency that can understand what a double closing looks like and understand that you're going to be borrowing that money for just a short period of time and that they get paid back out on the HUD. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's other companies out there too, like best transactional funding that, you know, they're, they're at the, the top end range as far as what the cost is. Um, but they can help out if you can't find any money. But they're like they're a company you can go to that you'll know they'll get the deal done, correct? Yep. They'll close. Yeah. So nice. it, it might be four or five percent. I'm not sure, but you know, it, it really just just varies. Um goes both ways though. No, it's incredible. Yeah. That's nice. great feedback. Thank you, thank thank you, so you for much. the information and the numbers. I mean, that's that's the things that especially new investors need to hear. They need to hear the real numbers. Like this this business can get expensive, but if you know your numbers and you know it going in, you buy right. I mean, that's the game. You that's the key. It's, it's been a great, you know, part of our partnership because Travis is super conservative. I just really dream about what costs should be. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's always pulling me back down to reality going, yeah, that's not going to cost that. You know, I'm, yeah, like, I'm, the, I'm the guy that goes out and I'm like, dude, 40 grand in and out. No problem. Yeah. Me and you. We're best friends. Travis, you're with Jason. Sorry. <laughs> she makes me think I'm crazy because sometimes she's like, well, it's only going to be this. I'm like, I never said, when did I say that? And that's the thing, right? I can pitch you on it. I can really get you to maybe question yourself. I'm sorry. I didn't know it's wrong. But I, I apologize. Yeah. I down the wrong way. I'm just going to say sorry out front. So. Then at the end of the project, here are the real numbers. Yeah, oh. exactly. All right. <laughs> Why does this cost so much? <laughs> yeah. We go back over the sheet of our costs. I'm like, what? Yep. No. We didn't spend that. No. $2,000 for HVAC? This is too high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what it costs. He's right? like, yeah, yeah, you did. You spent that money. I'm like, right. oh. It was just a furnace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Like, um, I want to actually talk about your partnership. Like, how? That's what makes these. What make actually? What makes your partnership so good? And we're sort of going into that right now. But let's let's delve a little deeper into it. Like, what makes your partnership gel? Yeah, it's been a blessing. I mean, I, I know that a lot of people have uh, a tough time working with partners or finding a partner. And you know, we always say, I don't know how people do it alone. Um, 
we started out together. Uh, we, we kind of both had our own different backgrounds, but you know, it, it really works. Personality types, it works. Um, just, I, I think just a mutual respect, mutual humility of, of really listening to what the other person has to say and caring about what, what their input is and not saying, well, you know, we, we always say you want to win or you want to be right. Um, and we want to win, you know, so there's never an internal argument about anything. It's like, you know, we met, so it's a funny story so how we met, right? So we, uh, <clears throat> my wife was attacked by a dog when she was a kid and was terrified of dogs. I grew up with dogs. I really wanted one. So we found a group that was adopting out dogs that were about to be put to sleep. And we went and got a pit bull. Whoops. So it started chewing on my wife a little bit when it was just a puppy, not doing anything crazy, but took her back to a place in her life where she was terrified. And, uh, somebody said, Hey, you should go talk to this guy. I know who, who trains dogs and he has like a puppy class and he's going to teach you how to control the dog. And, and we were like, Oh, that's a great idea. Maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's us. Maybe we need to figure out how to train a dog. And that's how I met Trav because he was the guy training all the dogs. Travis, yeah, yeah. you train puppies. I'd rather Aww. train dogs, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story, guys. Yeah, thank you for that's sharing. Awesome. So you know, so we met and we we went through this thirteen week course, and by the end of it, we were like, "Oh, I do real estate too. You do too." And then you know, we just started driving and started talking about, "Hey, do you want to get into this together and be purposeful about it?" and uh, and we just have different strengths. You know, I mean, I, I've always been in, in the sales roles, um, kind of more um, idealistic and kind of dreamer. And Travis is very uh, process-oriented, implementer, um, where the rubber meets the road. Like, how do you get it done? Systems, tasks, get it to completion. And uh, I think the, the dichotomy of both of those personality types works really, really well because you have somebody kind of thinking about what to do and the other guy saying, then, this, then let's go do it, you know, and it just kind of drives each other. That's incredible. Wow. And, and with, with the way you guys are going, looking to hit a hundred uh, transactions this year, where do you see integrity uh, holdings group over the next five years, which, where are we going? Uh, you guys are hitting a huge number this year. Where, where do we go? Sky's the limit. Just yeah. keep, keep pushing really. Um, uh, the goal is to maybe replicate this in another demographic area. Um, once we have this built, then it's easier to replicate. Um, once we do that, we can test it and then see what happens. Uh, I mean, I know Steve already has it done in his head. So, <laughs> so that, that's good because, you know, uh, we need the vision. So uh, once we get everything as foolproof as possible here, then we'll start to expand outside of the area. That's great. Yeah. And long-term, you know, we want to fix and flip wholesale, create that cash flow, and turn that into, uh, into multifamily units. So, you know, our long-term goal is 10,000 units in 10 years. So in five years, probably about half of that. Life goals. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's way more than we'll ever need, way more than our kids will ever need. But um, to get back. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal would be to, you know, take that capital and roll that into some life changing, um, you know, donations and 
facilities and foundations and, you know, all, all kinds of things that we can give back in life. I think that all of us that I think are entrepreneurial and run our own businesses at some point recognize not just our own internal desire, but the, the law of reciprocity and the sowing and reaping. And, you know, you, you get out of life what you give into it. And uh, we've been so blessed to have people really sow into our lives. And we'd love nothing more than to be able to give back in, in that way too. So I think cash flow consistent um, through multifamily kind of allows you to do that, right? Because we could do a hundred deals this year, but I can't tell you what we're going to make this month yet. There is no consistency um, yet. You know, it's kind of, it's, it ebbs and flows. So the fact of having long-term cash flow would be kind of freeing. So before we let you both go, we have a couple more questions. First, since we're already on this topic, how do you like to give back? So it's through a bunch of different organizations. I mean, uh, I tithe to my church, right? So we give 10% of, uh, of every dollar that comes in to my household back to the church. Um, we support missionaries that are doing amazing work around the world. Um, you know, saving young girls from sex trafficking in the Philippines to digging wells in, uh, in Costa Rica and Nicaragua. So, you know, I was told a long time ago that you're not going to be able to go around the world to, to do all of these great things, but you have the ability to make the money that can go around the world to do that. So, uh, you know, we like to give back into those organizations and then, you know, just timing, right? So just volunteering and getting out into your communities and trying to give back. And that's great. Nice. And then last one, and you've already given us so much, but give us one more, give, give us some words to live by. One more thought. Travis. Uh, can I give permission? Yes. Yeah, you sure can. You can give permission again. We <laughs> uh, all need permission. You all have permission to succeed. Amazing. Thank you. I love Thank it. you. Thank well, you, guys. This is Travis Cotter and Stephen Libman. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Oh, one more thing. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yes. Yeah, so we have a couple of websites. Um, you know, njoffmarketdeals.com is uh, where you can kind of see our deal flow. And if you're looking to sell, it's newjerseycashoffer.com. Yep. Um, and you can always find us on Facebook. If you just type in Integrity Holdings Group into Google, you'll see us all over the place. So Good. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you, guys. Learned a ton. It's been a great conversation. So Thanks for having us on. Really appreciate it. Good. Thank you. This is Jason and Peely with the RAI Foundation podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, everybody. Peely here from the REI Foundation podcast. Looking to rev up your wholesaling or house flipping business? Go now to houseflippinghq.com. Jason and I are part of a house flipping family, a community created by Justin Williams. Would we be where we are without him and without his community and his mentors? Probably not. Justin and his team basically handed us personalized shortcuts and exact strategies that have made us explode in today's market. So if you're looking to take the next step, go to houseflippinghq.com right now. Again, this is Peely from the REI Foundation podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we are so grateful for you. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation Podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies. 
to launch your new you in real estate.